Ask Wildman, the weekly show from full-service digital agency Wildman Web Solutions, is ready to answer all of your questions about marketing, tech, and sales to grow your small business. Each week, the Wildman Web Solutions team tackles your questions and trending topics live. Learn strategies and tactics to take your small business to big revenue. The Ask Wildman show starts now. Hello and welcome to Ask Wildman, a Q&A show to answer any and all questions you have about technology, marketing, business, anything you want. My name is Miles Bassett, the CEO over at Wildman Web Solutions. My team and I are here every week, Wednesdays at 11, live streaming on our page to uh, answer your questions and hopefully provide some good resources to you. I just started doing this during the um, COVID-19 shut down, but we've enjoyed it so much. I think we're going to continue doing this and providing this resource. So um, if you have any questions about managing your business online, about marketing strategy, about technology, go ahead and throw those questions in the comments or email us at askwildman at wildmanweb.com. That address is scrolling below me on the crawler down there. Let's see. Going to go ahead and bring in my partner here, Mike. Mike Hanna, how you doing? I'm tremendous, Miles. Good morning. How are you today, sir? I am doing good. I ran out of coffee this morning, so that was pretty. Oh rough. no! Yeah, I'm I'm down to Keurig only right now. I've spoiled myself <laughs> with some nice fresh beans recently, and they're all gone. We can probably use this as a, a moment to plug one of our, mm -hmm. our friends and clients over at Z's Divine Espresso. Go to their website and order mm -hmm. online. They do free shipping and uh, fresh roasted beans. Really good stuff over there. Sounds like you need to go to their website, Miles. I need to do. Yes, I do. Need <laughs> restock the shelf there. I didn't realize. <laughs> I didn't realize. I fell behind. So if I start talking a little slow or drifting <sighs> off here, that's yeah. that. That'll be why. You'll well, have to pick up some of the slack for me. I can already tell this episode is is going to be in the in It'll the gutter, Miles. One. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. Might as well everybody just turn it off now. Miles, Miles is not properly caffeinated. We're doomed. <laughs> All right, we'll we'll struggle. We've we've come up against greater obstacles and survived. <laughs> Jackie, chime in with Moon River. Yep, that is the one. I think that's their top seller. The roast <laughs> over at Z's. Oh, it's good stuff. Also, hello, Jackie. Thanks for jumping in and joining us. If you have any questions, follow Jackie's lead and throw your comments in the uh, or throw your questions in the comments below, uh, and we'll we'll try to address them as they come in. Uh, before we get going here, I did want to address another uh, initiative that we've been doing since the uh, all the shutdown and pandemic and everything went crazy around us. Um, there's a lot of businesses out there that have been struggling to um, either start leveraging their online presence um, or maybe just creating it for the first time um, due to the shutdown, really having to leverage um, their internet, uh, their, their website, their internet presence, their social media, their digital marketing, or uh, you know something in that vein of things. So we released our local business online toolkit, uh, I guess, probably two months ago now. Uh, initially saying that we're going to offer that for free to anyone to the end of June. That's still the deal. We're offering this for free to anyone until the end of June. After that, things may change. 
Uh, we haven't exactly decided how we're moving forward with that just yet. But as of right now, Local Business Online Toolkit is a full uh, toolkit of, of software for businesses to uh, manage their online presence. There's a tool to manage your social media, different social media accounts, give you good analytics there, and uh, the ability to post really good regular uh, content, get more traction on your social media accounts. There's a tool there to manage your online reputation, reviews, find what people are saying about you online, and again, analytics there. Tons of analytics about different advertising. If you are doing any Facebook ads, Google ads, um, or if you have a website out there, we've got analytic tools to see how all that's working for you and maybe point out a couple areas where that could use some work. We've got a listing tool in there to help get your information out across the internet and help people find you easier and better. Uh, and we also just have a bunch of other resources in there, guides, articles, um, FAQ sections, and other things all about education and, and empowering you to run your business online effectively, not just waste your time, spin your wheels and on, on social media, on your website. Uh, you can find all of that and more at wildmanweb.com, specifically wildmanweb.com slash LBOT for the toolkit. Again, that's totally free for anyone who can use it. Uh, so help us spread the word on that one is free till the end of the month. Just sign up there. Um, if you have any other questions, feel free to contact us through that website. Uh, learn more about our company over there. But in the meantime, we are here uh, at Ask Wildman to answer your questions. So if anyone has any questions about uh, about technology, about their website, about mobile apps, uh, social media, social media marketing, design, whatever you want to talk about, throw that in the comments here or email us at askwildman at wildmanweb.com. All right, moving on here. So like I said, we do have our email inbox, so we'll get questions throughout the week, um, not necessarily live on the show. When people really wanted to know about something, we try to address it in the next week's show. Uh, you can send your questions to that email address scrolling across the bottom. Uh, but we got some questions on e-commerce, people setting up their e-commerce stores, um, what e-commerce is, what tools to use. So I think we're just going to spend a little bit of time today uh, rehash some points that we've made in the past about just general e-commerce setup and FAQs, um, and then hopefully hit a couple of new topics here, maybe go a little bit more in depth. Totally up to you. So um, if you're watching, you want to know something specifically about e-commerce, different platforms, how to set up your payment processors, uh, how to fulfill on all that stuff, how to measure all that stuff, analytics, uh, throw that in the comments, let us know, and we'll, we'll talk about that. Uh, but just to start off here, um, I'm going to toss over to Mike here just for general, what is e-commerce? Who should be looking at selling their stuff online, both inside our weird little world of, of COVID-19 shutdown and outside of that as we move into the new normal? What does the e-commerce uh, landscape look like there? Well, Miles, that's, that's a good question. I mean, right now... Uh, you know, I guess partially due to uh, COVID-19, but it was certainly trending in this direction uh, anyhow before COVID hit is e-commerce is at an, an all-time high, uh, both in terms from the consumer side and the number of people jumping into it and uh, putting their services and their products and their stores online. 
uh, it's it's literally exploding, uh, is is what the the overall macro sense I guess of the of the industry is. Uh, so you may be asking yourself, am I too late? You know, uh, no, not at all. I think if anything, you know, even if you're not in e-commerce right now, I think you're just now hitting, you know, the uh, the critical mass um, from the consumer side. So it's not too late uh, to set up your e-commerce store if it's something that you haven't done. Uh, but yeah, certainly it's uh, it's really going across the board right now with anybody who has a product to sell. Uh, e-commerce is is going to be the avenue. I mean, even on things that, man, I mean, I don't three, five years ago, if you would have said, oh, people are buying cars online or people are buying all their furniture online, you know, their mattresses, you know, people would have probably looked at you a little crazy and been like, what? What are you talking about? But that is actually what is happening now. And again, of course, COVID accelerated that. Uh, but it's not like it wasn't heading in that direction anyhow. Uh, you know, as we've talked about uh, on the show many, many times, you know, the one thing that uh, we'll, we'll never be able to stop is, is consumer demand and specifically consumer demand for convenience and speed. You know, they people want obviously quality products and quality service, but more and more it's coming down to who can get that to me the fastest and the easiest, you know. Uh, who has the least amount of hoops to jump through. Uh, and that's who I'm going to do business with. And a lot of times today that means, well, instead of going to a physical store or, you know, traveling uh, across town or to another city or, you know, all these things that we used to normally do when we would go shopping, uh, it's as simple as picking up your phone, going onto your, your, your laptop or your desktop and, you literally can have everything right there at your fingertips delivered uh, or at, at, at least uh, do curbside pickup and never have to walk into a store today for pretty much every single product category. If we're talking about, you know, hard, durable goods, uh, obviously services and things like that, you know, will will still remain uh, in the physical real world, if you will, until, uh, you know, I can go see my, my chiropractor through telemedicine or something like that, which I understand with 5G and some of these things that are coming down, you know, coming down the line it would not be uh, out of the realm of possibility in the future. So uh, I don't know if that answers your question there, Miles, no. but it's yeah, that's just kind of a broad take of, what, of where I'm seeing it is that if you aren't in e-commerce right now, uh, well, you better have a gosh darn good reason why you're not. Uh, and if you're looking of how to get started in it, well, uh, I think that's what, uh, what Miles is going to walk through some of those steps of how you would go about getting started or, or just building it up from what you currently have. Yeah, I don't think we're completely out of physical retail space or anything, but we're definitely moving more and more and more in that direction. And this shutdown absolutely give us a, gave us a, a huge push in that direction. Yeah. feeling and we're going to be telling some stories later. Back in my day, <sighs> we'd go to stores yeah. for sh shop. And, and let's maybe back up for a second and qualify that because, you know, I don't think either one of us thinks that at least in the, in the relatively near future that there won't be any stores. You know, there's still, there's still a need for stores and a need for somebody to go in and physically touch a product, so on and so forth. It's just getting less and less important as the how quickly can I get it here, you know, is becoming more in, uh, 
I guess, uh, powerful with the consumer. Yeah, and can I less. touch it, feel it, smell it first? You know, that, that want is, is, is going away, but I don't think it'll ever go away. You know, I, I think there'll be showrooms in some capacity for a long time. And I but, think this is yeah. less of two competing hemispheres or two different competing uh, halves here, but rather, um, I don't know, two complementary sides of the same coin uh, here. I'm glad I'm glad that you said that. And I'm going to interrupt you for one second, because okay. I think I think that is such an important point that and I think that we are sometimes guilty of this as well when we get in this conversation is that we look at it as an either or or a versus you know, that it's it's traditional retail versus e-commerce. And I actually saw an article in the newspaper a couple months ago about a retailer downtown who had recently expanded their footprint downtown, you know, their retail space downtown in order to, quote unquote, you know, go after and fight and compete with online stores. And I thought it would, it just kind of blew my mind and I had to read it like three times. And, and I wanted to just, you know, obviously I have, <laughs> luckily I have more important things to do, but I wanted to go down and ask this, this person why they saw themselves as having to be strictly against online just because they were in retail and why couldn't they do both and see it as an and and not an or, um, but yeah, I actually got sidetracked doing real work and then I forgot about it until just now. But that is, that I think is a key point to this whole discussion is that it shouldn't be and or, it should be and, you know, uh, when we're talking about physical retail and e-commerce. So can go, work ahead, together. go ahead there. Yeah, they can be yeah. complementary so that, you know, these two things are working together and your, your retail store is pushing more customers to your online store and your online store is pushing more customers to your brick and mortar shop. These things can be two sides of the same coin and they can work together to overall increase your sales, increase mm -hmm. your revenue and just, uh, you know, give you more freedom to sell more places. I mean, a lot of times when I end up talking to people about this, I end up talking about it as if we're opening up another location as if yeah. this is literally another storefront that we're talking about because it, it really should be viewed in that way. It's like adding mm -hmm. another location, opening up a new storefront. It doesn't take away from your other one. It's not like you're opening it up right across the street and competing with yourself. You're just expanding to, uh, to, to new markets and opening up possibilities. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's a hundred percent true. And I'll, I'll give you a quick example here. And then I, I promise this is the last tangent because we are going down a little bit of a rabbit hole here. Uh, John Kiefer though, uh, John Kiefer was uh, the owner of Keith's, you know, the guy who started Keith's of course, uh, record shop, long time uh, business here in Lawrence and uh, just an amazing businessman in general. And I, I, I'll tell the story briefly, but I, I want to give some sort of context that I don't know. A lot of people are probably familiar with Keith's, maybe not familiar with the career of John Kiefer, but he was one of the most uh, instrumental businessmen, uh, arguably in the United States in, in the 20th century. He was one of uh, less than a dozen people that decided whether we were going to go with beta or VHS. Uh, he was... Uh, a, a good friend and original business partner of Sam Walton and helped Sam actually pick out locations and get uh, things started for some of the early expansion of the, of the Walmart franchise. 
and uh, he was one of the early investors in Best Buy, uh, just to name a few of his of his you know many many accolades uh, across his business career. But one of the things that he did, and it ties into this conversation, going all the way back to the '80s, okay, and in the early '90s when the internet was just starting, is when these websites would start to pop up. Uh, and we're again, we're talking way back in the day. This is before even you know Google existed. But there would be these kind of pirate sites that would pop up and they would uh, sell audio equipment, home theaters, records, all these things. And so he got wind of this and he started noticing people would come into the store and they would listen to, you know, the Pioneer sound systems and the Logan speakers and da, 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 da. And then they would leave and they would go buy it on one of these kind of junk, you know, warehouse uh off-brand sites. And so he just beat him to the punch and he started putting up these websites himself and putting in more marketing than the competition was doing. And he started doing some very early, you know, SEO and SEM. And it ended up that when people would come to his store, check out the new stuff and leave and go buy it on one of these auction sites that they were actually still buying it from him. Mm-hmm. And and that's one of the workarounds that he did before anybody was even using the kind of words of e-commerce. Uh, and so I think that that's a really just interesting tidbit in here. And I see uh, Jackie Bird's comment uh, there in the comment section. And yes, there are uh, plenty of good retail stores, especially in downtown Lawrence, that are doing the right approach. And, you know, they have their great location down there in Mass if you want to come in and try things on and and talk to them and, and that, or if you just want to hop on your phone, hit a couple buttons, have it delivered to your house. And, and that's one of the things that Miles and I uh, have been, you know, kind of preaching for years uh, to a lot of these downtown, especially retailers, is that yeah, we have to pivot, we have to mix, it can't be one or the other. And uh, that's the way that we have to survive going forward. And a lot of people thought we were crazy uh, until COVID happened. <laughs> So, so get, well, getting back to the actual tactical stuff here, we'll get out of the this 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 rabbit hole that we've gone down. Miles, if somebody is setting up a uh, an e-commerce store, what's some of the things they need to consider? Uh, what's what's step one here? Well, I think that the oftentimes skipped over first step is actually looking at how you're going to fulfill on some of this stuff. It's not even looking at your website. It's not even touching e-commerce yet. Um, a lot of people that we're just getting up and going with this, we get the store set up, we get products in there, we get all the you know, tax configuration and shipping calculations and all that stuff already and, and, and set up for them. All the things that you would think would be stumbling blocks. And then people start making orders and there isn't a system in place to fulfill on those things. They haven't figured out exactly how they want to. Uh, cover shipping, if they're going to do it themselves, if they're going to outsource something like that, um, if they're going to do local delivery, if they're going to do delivery, then, you know, how is that, how are you going to do that? Are you going to just jump in your car and do it yourself? Do you have employees willing and capable of, of doing that? Is there any additional paperwork you need to do for employees using their own personal cars for delivery? Um, there's a bunch of other questions in there that people don't necessarily throw into the e-commerce bucket because they're not strictly technology related or, or e-commerce related. It's just on that fulfillment. So I'd say the first step uh, before you even get to setting up an online store is think about how you want this customer journey to work. When someone finds your online store, when they make an order, 
what is that going to look like? What is that going to look like for you? How are you going to receive that order? And then how are you going to fulfill on it? That that process has to be put in place. It has to be thoroughly thought through, um, ideally tested a couple of times beforehand, because sometimes, you know, like like Mike said, these uh, e-commerce is exploding. Everyone's shopping online. There's tons of attention, especially if you set up your store properly and you've got this thing connected to Facebook and like Jackie was just talking about and selling through a, a Facebook story or selling on Instagram or Google shopping, maybe you got connected to Amazon and eBay and other online shopping centers. There's a potential that as soon as you hit that, that launch button, that publish button, that you're going to start getting some real orders. You're going to start getting some quantity in here and you need to be able to handle that. Um, so, I mean, it's a good problem to have when you have more orders than uh, you necessarily know how to fulfill on. And it's not necessarily the problem that everyone runs into right off the bat. I'd say most of the time there's a little bit of a growth period there when people are learning about your store. But you have to be ready to do some sort of fulfillment immediately before you even get your store set up. Um, then I can move on to actually setting up the online store, but do you have anything you want to chime in there on the... The, the physical fulfillment side of things? Uh, no, do uh, you maybe, I mean, I think probably most of the audience understands this, but just maybe, maybe if they don't, do you want to just briefly describe how uh, drop shipping works? Oh yeah. That's a whole, that's a whole other beast. Uh, but... <laughs> yeah. I said, I said briefly, briefly just, <laughs> yeah. You know, well, okay. it's really interesting, um, and, and you can do a lot of different things with it, but the basic concept of dropshipping is that someone else is handling all that fulfillment for you. So you set up the store, um, you promote the store, you get people to buy the products, but as soon as someone buys that product, the notification of the purchase doesn't necessarily just go to you for fulfillment. It goes to someone else who has a warehouse and all the products. They'll do all the shipping for you. They'll ship it directly to your customer and they'll take care of all of that, um, the fulfillment side of things for you. It's a, a really awesome opportunity for people setting up um, Amazon stores or setting up stores with, there, there's some drop shipping companies out there that, that exist explicitly for this reason, where you can partner with them and then sell their products and you just make your, your commission off the top. Um, or sometimes they just have a wholesale cost and then you just pick whatever cost you want to sell it at and you keep whatever profit is there. Um, there are some that are kind of blended. They're the mix between the two where you have your products and you send it to a company who houses them in their warehouse and then fulfills on everything, does all the shipping uh, for you so that you don't have to worry about inventory or shipping or any of that fulfillment strategy stuff. They've got that all covered, but it's still your products. And, and then, and then just, Again, we're try to keep this simple, but to take it one step further, uh, you know, there's also uh, white labeling, uh, private stock labeling, things like that, where, you know, because a lot of people, this, this is where I think they get stuck, is they say, okay, I want to do e-commerce, I want to sell more things online, I don't have the physical space or the capital to hold enough inventory, and so drop shipping takes care of that, and that's a win for small businesses everywhere. And, or the other maybe side of it is I don't, I can't create a product or I don't have enough products to offer to really be able to compete. And so this is a way that you can partner with somebody else who creates the product, puts your branding, you know, on it, your labeling on it, 
and then ships it to your customers. So they're actually handling all, you know, every single aspect of the fulfillment of the product. All you have to do is get the customers and of course provide customer service on the back end for them. Mm -hmm. uh, so this is a way that within the last you know decade, the, the, the playing field has dramatically been leveled in favor of small businesses. You know, you mentioned Amazon, you know, and certainly we can have this debate about, you know, whether or not they they're detrimental to small businesses. But uh, we'd have to consider the, the sheer volume of, you know, hundreds of thousands of small businesses that that's how they operate is yeah. through dropshipping on Amazon and, in the room when talking right, e commerce. You can't right. not address I, them. I think they might create two businesses for everyone they destroy. But I, I don't know. I mean, that that's just hearsay i don't have actual data on that but the point being is there's so many options out there uh that people should be considering uh that maybe they just kind of wrote these ideas off in the past because they were so cost prohibitive both in in capital uh of resources time and money so yeah, so for some of these strategies like you're, you're saying here the uh barrier to entry has been lowered to the point where mm -hmm. it's pretty easy for anyone to jump in here and get this going uh, the downside is obviously that you're going to make less per sale less per product your uh, margins are going to go down if you know depending on how much you are fulfilling on yourself and how much you're pushing out to different drop shipping companies or uh product creation and uh I don't know what's the word there. I guess just fulfillment. Um, so you're not going to make as much as if you were doing it all in a house per sale, but it allows you to scale up and sell hundreds or thousands of products so that yeah. your overall revenue and your overall profit can actually increase despite right. having much smaller margins per right. Ho yeah, hopefully sale. your hopefully your profit will actually increase because your overhead will be dramatically lower than you know, right. having to have a warehouse and staff it and all that. And uh, also just getting going. I mean, this can be, this could be an intermediate, an intermediary step for some people if they just want to get going on some of this stuff. And eventually they want to get their own warehouse. They want to get their own, um, you know, products created here. Uh, they want to do their own uh, fulfillment on everything. They can absolutely do that, but that's pretty expensive to get going. So this could be how you start doing things and then you can transition over into your own system later. Just because that, that barrier to entry is so low, um, it's not quite so cost prohibitive to really start a store like this. You don't need anything except for, uh, you know, a couple of pieces of software, maybe a few subscriptions and uh, probably a marketing budget and you can have a, a store like we're talking about. Yep. Well, moving on into a, a couple more, um, I don't know, more executable notes here. Um, if you've gotten all past that, and we'll kind of put drop shipping aside for the moment. If you guys want us to talk a little bit more about it, uh, let us know and we'll, we'll hop back over on that track. But um, just talking about selling your own stuff, um, you need to set up your online store first. So there's a bunch of different ways to do that. I'd say it kind of depends on um, what you have as far as online presence, if you already have a website or if you don't and you're just starting to get one set up. 
name that gets tossed around a lot is Shopify. That's a, a huge one for setting up online stores, but they really only work on their own website building platform. So if you already have a website, then you're going to have to link out to the Shopify site um, or replace your existing website with a Shopify site, and that can cause some some problems. Um, like Mike said, this is all about convenience, all about speed. You want the least amount of hoops for people to jump through to buy your product. So linking out to an external site can be an additional hoop. Um, it can just look bad. So that might be a little bit, little bit of a limiting factor on that particular platform. Some other website builders will have their own built-in e-commerce system. So if you have a, uh, see a Squarespace site, they have their own e-commerce module in there. I think you have to pay a little bit extra per month to have it. Um, but that can be a nice and easy way to upgrade your existing website on that platform and get some e-commerce going. Um, or there are some platform agnostic uh, tools like ours, our Wildman Store e-commerce solution, which can plug into any website on any platform, um, whether you have a WordPress site or a custom site or a Squarespace site or whatever. Um, so there are some tools out there like that that can work with, um, with, with anything out there. So one of the first questions you have, to uh, you have to answer before you start setting up your online store, before you select a uh, e-commerce software, an e-commerce partner, is what do you have existing? Do you have a website? Do you have a, if you don't have a website, do you have a platform preference that you want to build your website on? Uh, do you have social media? Are you going to hook up to all of that? Because like we were saying earlier, there's a bunch of integrations for selling on Facebook, on Instagram, um, pushing all of your products out to different online marketplaces, um, shopping centers like Amazon and eBay or social media platforms. So you're going to have to take all of that into account before selecting the, the proper tool to start selling online. Past that, I would look at the costs there, um, because some of them are just a flat fee. You pay X dollars a month, you get the software, you can do whatever you want with it. It doesn't matter if you make no sales this month or a million dollars in sale this month, you're still paying that same flat fee. There are some that take a portion of your sale um, so that you would, the, the more successful you are, the more you would pay. But, you know, if they're only taking 2% of your sales and you don't make any sales, or if you make very few this month, then it could end up paying very little. So that could be a good, easy way to get started on something without paying a whole lot. But you know, ultimately, if you are successful, you're going to end up paying way more on a platform like that. So you got to weigh that uh, with your particular situation, your business strategy. Um, there's a couple of other payment methods on there, but those are, those are kind of the big ones, I think. Um, Let's see, what else do you want to take on there? If you're just setting stuff up for the first time. Um, well, I did mention shipping earlier. That's a good one. Um, if you're going to uh, have any shipping and you're going to fulfill on it yourself, you have to decide on how you want to do that. If you're going to fulfill through uh, the Postal Service or UPS or FedEx or whatever, um, each of those have different costs, different practices, different timelines. Um, you may or may not be able to hook that up to your online store. Uh, like our, our platform will hook up to one of those and automatically calculate shipping rates and how long something's going to take to get somewhere. If you're working with a platform that doesn't necessarily do that, then you might want to put some of that information out on your store and say, 
you know, we use FedEx, here are the standard rates, here's how long things will take based on your, your region. Um, or if you're just doing local delivery and you've got, you know, some guy on a bike that's, that's driving around boxes to people, then uh, you might want to put or figure out exactly, do you want to charge an extra shipping or handling fee on there? Or are you just covering that for them, depending on the product you're selling and the margins on that product that may be cost effective for you or, or it may not. Um, especially talking with you know restaurants, we've been getting them set up with online ordering. Um, and since you know, it, the margins in the food industry are already fairly low, um, you had to put in certain rules of, you know, you can only have delivery on orders over an over X amount, and there's an additional delivery fee in order to cover our costs for for making that delivery. So you've got to answer some of those questions regarding shipping and fulfillment, um, and that could play into which um, e-commerce system you actually choose and decide to go down. Um, what else do we have over here? Taking a little break from our e-commerce discussion here, I want to just remind everyone here watching, thank you for uh, watching Ask Wildman. This is a Q&A show for anyone, but primarily focusing on small businesses that are either setting up their, uh, their business's online presence for the first time, or they're looking to expand and leverage what they have, be more effective online. So we're here to answer any and all questions about technology, marketing, advertising, uh, design, any questions you want to ask uh, regarding managing your business online or leveraging technology to achieve your business goals, go ahead and throw those in the comments or email us at askwildman at wildmanweb.com and we'll hit those questions next week as we are doing this every week, Wednesdays at 11, live streaming to our Facebook page, Wildman Web Solutions uh, Facebook page. Uh, so check in here every Wednesday at 11 um, and ask us any and all questions you have. So I want to shift away from e-commerce right now. We talked a little bit about selling across social platforms, um, integrating with Facebook shopping, uh, selling stuff directly on your Facebook page, selling on Instagram. Um, social media is obviously a, a huge, powerful tool, but you have to get these products and services out there somehow. So uh, we often work with clients to set up um, different types of organic and paid social media marketing campaigns to get their message out there, to increase their following, and hopefully get more eyeballs on this online store for them. Um, so regarding Facebook ads, we have a question over here. Uh, Mike, this one goes to you. Okay. Do you recommend using automatic placements for Facebook ads? Got it. Okay, so to give a little context on that, uh, they're asking about uh, functionality inside of Facebook Ads Manager, I and see. there's basically two macro options you can choose. You can let Facebook optimize where they put uh, the placements, and I'll, I'll explain what the, what the different placements are here in a second, or you can manually place your ads yourself. Um, when we talk about placements on Facebook, something that maybe people don't necessarily think of is we're not just talking about Facebook itself. Of course, in the Facebook platform, you have uh, the news feed. You have, if you're talking about desktop, you have uh, the ad space over on the right panel. You have ads that can show up in Messenger. You have ads that can show up in instant articles and 
uh, video pre-roll. Uh, what else am I missing? Stories um, as well. So all of that is in the Facebook platform and we can choose uh, whether or not we want uh, those our ads to show up in each one of those places or uh, a, a multiple choice or just one of those places. Uh, but what a lot of people don't think about too is that Facebook also connects into Instagram. Uh, so I actually had a client yesterday that was, you know, they, they were kind of thinking out loud being like, oh, well, I don't know if, if Facebook ads, you know, is the best thing because my audience skews a little younger. Okay, well, no problem. Uh, we can target Instagram as well uh, through, through Facebook ads and you can hit that, that younger demographic. Uh, and then there's something called the Facebook audience network and the Facebook audience network is basically third party partnerships that Facebook has with other apps and websites. And so your ads may show up there. Uh, it'll all be tar you know, targeted uh, to what you're doing in Facebook. So for example, if I'm targeting people who like bowling, uh, you know, they may open up a, a bowling app or they may go to a bowling website. Uh, or watch a bowling video or something like that and see my ad that was actually coming through Facebook. Uh, so that's just a little bit of context about the question there. Now to actually answer the question, uh, unfortunately, it depends, you know, and most of the time uh, I tell people to let Facebook decide uh, because, you know, Facebook theoretically knows, knows best, not always. Uh, but they are generally going to try to optimize your ad to be shown to the right people at the right time in the right places. Uh, now, there's a couple of, of obviously some different things that we need to take into account here. Uh, for one, if we are running, what type of ad are we running? You know, if we're running a more of a general awareness ad, if we're trying to get people to see it, then I definitely think it's probably in our best interest to let Facebook choose uh, where to put the placements because that's what Facebook is good at. If we're trying to get conversions, if we're trying to get sales, if we're trying to get somebody to actually take an action right then, sometimes, especially if it's a retargeting campaign and they already are familiar with us, I won't let Facebook choose. And I'll even go in and I will only choose something like Facebook newsfeed uh, because that is where you're going to get most of the clicks. Now, <laughs> this is obviously evolving all the time. And that, that it's not as set in stone as it used to be. And actually, uh, Jackie Bird there in her comment uh, in the comment section about the downtown retail store brought up a good example of this is that, uh, let's reread it here to make sure I have what she said correct. Yeah, she purchased clothing from a downtown retail store through a Facebook story. So, yeah, thanks, Miles, for putting that up there. So, so that's something that has really kind of been uh, becoming a trend lately. I've seen it especially on Instagram because we used to not think about Instagram as, as really a, a conversion platform uh, for a number of different reasons, but primarily because you could you know, tag, you know, or drop direct links in there except for in the profile. But you can swipe up uh, and, or even open up an experience now on Instagram and Facebook through the stories. And so that has now become an avenue that people are getting conversions and are getting sales uh, as we have a local example right here in the comment section. Uh, and so that theory, you know, just about primarily targeting the newsfeed is even became coming a little archaic uh, now in 2020. So there's a lot of things to take into consideration there. Uh, and so I don't want to give just a hard answer one way or the other, but one, one thing you also want to consider is context. 
you know, for example, do I necessarily want to put out the same ad with the same content on Facebook as I do Instagram? Maybe not. You know, maybe not. If I'm really trying to target something specifically for Instagram uh, that is skewed to a younger audience, well, maybe that copy's different, that picture is different. You know, everything is a little bit tweaked for that platform than what I would do with Facebook. So it wouldn't make sense in that scenario to let Facebook decide if it was something that I really only created to be contextual uh, in one place or one platform. So also take that into account. Uh, but if you're just, again, if you're just trying to get eyeballs and you're just trying to really get general awareness, uh, I do think that allowing Facebook to make those recommendations for you is probably going to be the best, uh, especially if you're a, a little bit of a novice or haven't done a lot of Facebook ads, um, which brings me to my final point, I guess, on really the answer to this question is test, uh, test, you know, test, 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 and A, B test and see what, hey, what happens if I only put my ad in newsfeed and stories as opposed to uh, letting Facebook run its its own optimization and place it where it wants. And that's a really easy test to run. And you can find out pretty quickly which one's going to be the best for you for your particular offer and, and product category and audience. Well, I think we got that question taken care of. If anyone else has any questions, throw them in the comments here. Uh, we're coming up on... Oh, passing 40 minutes here. So uh, we'll probably be wrapping this up in the next couple of minutes. But if you have any questions, throw them into the comments. Or if you miss us or watching this later, throw your uh, shoot your uh, questions over to askwildman at wildmanweb.com. I've got that um, address scrolling across the bottom just below us here in the crawler. So uh, throw your questions over there, and we'll try to get to them next week. Uh, we do this live stream every week, Wednesdays at 11, so make sure to tune in then. Um, I did want to reiterate the point I made at the very beginning here. Um, we're wrapping up our initial campaign on the uh, LBOT initiative, the Local Business Online Toolkit, at the end of this month. It is the 24th right now, so we've got till next Tuesday. We'll be wrapping that up. As of right now, it is absolutely free to sign up for the Local Business Online Toolkit at wildmanweb.com slash LBOT. There's a bunch of really good resources and tools there for managing all the things that we're talking about here on this show. So make sure to uh, check that out and just fill out the form there about your business, and it'll automatically get you all set up and started on that. One other point that I had put up on the screen earlier without any context at all. I had, uh, Honestly, I just clicked on the wrong thing here, but let's go ahead and talk about it. <laughs> Wildmanweb.com slash articles is another resource that we have up there. I just posted a whole um, series of new articles on there last week. So I'm not sure how many we're up to there, but there's a ton of articles that, one, come with the Local Business Online Toolkit, and there's actually even more in that toolkit, but we do have a select few on our website at wildmanweb.com slash articles. These are all just quick, little, easy-to-digest points um, that are meant to educate the small business owner about digital marketing, about SEO, um, you know, different graphic design challenges or um, how to how to write a blog well you know there's 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 tons of different things over there so make sure to check it out um, and hopefully it is useful to you if you see anything there that you want us to expand on or you want us to write something on a particular topic go ahead and 
uh, reach out to us, email us, let us know. We'll write something up and put it up there as soon as possible. Just want to make sure that we hit all of those different resources. I'm not seeing any other new questions coming in over here. <laughs> Thanks, Jackie. Always happy to help. We're here to provide resources uh, to our lovely Lawrence community. So anyone has any questions on any of those things, please reach out to us and uh, we're, we're here to help. But I think that's all the questions we have for today. And I ask Wildman, uh, Mike, anything else you want to get off your chest before we wrap this thing up? Uh, man, I just want to say stay positive out there, everybody. Uh, you know, we're we're going to get through this. I'm I'm starting to see some positivity out there, uh, Miles. And so I just want to spread it. Not like the virus. I want to spread positivity. Uh, <laughs> and and I think that we're going to be OK right here in lovely Lawrence, Kansas. We just keep on working hard, keep our head down and keep smiling. So thanks for tuning in, everybody. That's all I got, Miles. Thanks, Mike. Our resident ray of sunshine, Mike Hanna. Thank you for that, as as usual. Um, so, like I said, we're wrapping up here. Uh, this is Ask Wildman. Uh, we are here every Wednesday. So, if we didn't get to your question this week, um, make sure to tune in next week. Uh, Wednesdays at eleven, we're live streaming on our Facebook page. Um, or you can email your questions to askwildman at wildmanweb.com, and we will address those things first thing next week. But thank you all for tuning in, and uh, we'll, we'll see you then. Thanks for listening to Ask Wildman. Send us a question for next week's show at askwildman at wildmanweb.com. <laughs>